Welcome everybody. It's Last week happened, so like it was yes. supposed to be 84, but since yeah. which we'll talk about here in a minute, yeah. I think it's a great conversation to have. It so, <laughs> I don't know if Nick will enjoy it, but I mean, like, um, it's I don't know, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, so, episode 83 of Hot Take from the Kitchen, and we have Nick Monti here as a guest. Thanks Are for having me, CEO of Wolverine. Or that is correct, all right. He's the CEO of Wolverine Credit Union. So welcome, Nick. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And we do have one email. I kind of wanted to give you a slap in the butt for that right there. Way to go, buddy. I had to slow it down, but yeah. I got it done. And our email is from Matt Duffler from Northland Credit Union. He just wanted to say, just love what you guys are doing with the show. Big fan. Thanks for keeping us informed with local events and interviewing leaders in the community. And Steve. Wrote back, said, appreciate that. I'd love for you to hop on in a few weeks. And he said, sure thing. Hope things are going well for you at work with sales. I know the housing market is booming right now for us, as it is probably with all the banks and credit unions right now. Well, thank you for the email, Matt. and made my day. So I love getting emails. <laughs> all right. And I guess we'll move on to hot takes. I don't have very many, just one. I was going to talk about it last week, but okay, Kanye's running for president. Is that real? Yes. I, I've heard different things. Didn't he drop out already? Supposedly, that's <laughs> what people said, but last night he held a, a campaign rally in South Carolina, and he said that Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves, or didn't help free slaves. She, he, she just brought them to the north to work for the white people. Going back to Kanye running for president, people are in his camp are saying it's, he's just having another episode of his bipolar disorder going on. And But who the hell knows what's going on with this guy? Because another thing is, for his campaign rally, he had 2020 shade into his head. Well, that doesn't hair. But I mean, that's, okay. I, that's not, fully expected. There. But yeah, it's like a wa- walking billboard <clears throat> or something. Has he picked a running mate? Well, he's got to get on the ticket first. <laughs> I, well, I, man, I don't know what to say. I mean, I just want, I just want two thousand and four Kanye back. That's all right. <laughs> it would be nice. But I don't. Think I mean, that's really what I want. He's not but, coming back. No, I know. And there's, I think we can agree, on some level. When there's somebody that's super talented in their field, they tend to be a little, have some idiosyncrasies and they just think about things a different way, which is why they're able to do some of the things that they're able to do. And I love Kanye's music, but he's just batshit crazy sometimes. Yes, he is. 
Just very eccentric. Yes. Just very eccentric. And, and we've seen that. I mean, like, Einstein was that way, for example. I mean, so it's just... Mm. I'm not going to talk bad about him. Or, <laughs> but I'm just... I'm going to let him be him. Well, yes. Do him. He's going to do himself. Yeah. yeah. But... I mean, this is the perfect year for him to run. I mean, let's <laughs> let's face it. Twenty twenty has been just a. It does run, run along the plot lines of what's <laughs> going on this year. So, but what party would he be running for? He's as an independent. Well, he has to. Yeah. Oh, but there's no primaries left. Yeah. I just. <sighs> Okay. All right. I'm happy to move on. Let's All talk right. about the bubble quick. The bubble for the NBA? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the bubble? Well, it's going good so far, but I don't think it's going to last. Because? I think they're going to get antsy with some things being isolated. and The players? Yes. Okay. And they're just... I mean, we've always seen a couple people go over the line for delivery food. I I don't know. It's just... Things could happen. I just... I guess I'm being a pessimist about the whole thing. Do you follow the NBA at all in this, Nickel? Not really what's what's been happening with COVID. I've been following MLB a little bit closer. Okay, yeah. How do you feel about that? Oh, the cardboard cutouts in the fan in the seats to make them feel a little bit more at home. I don't know if they're gonna add like you know um, track cheers in that, um, but it's definitely a different season, no matter what how you look at it. Yeah. The NBA show well, baseball is they're both great examples of just the it's a case study, right? This whole thing is just a giant case study. So the the MLB is great; they're like almost opposite what basketball is done. So the NBA is pretty much run to Disney World put all the players into this giant resort and then they're just going to finish the season the playoffs on, in this whole thing and they've pretty much you know quarantined everybody off and once you test positive the theory is is everyone tests positive everyone tests negative everyone's clean then we shut everybody off we all kind of live in this isolated area the way we go which is like the opposite of what baseball is doing baseball is like we're just going to keep testing people and just tell them to live their lives and hopefully it'll all just kind of work out haven't they opened up Disney World Parts of it, yes. So I guess I'm, I don't understand, know how big Disney World is in Orlando. It's massive. I mean, it's basically at the size of the city of Alpena. Yeah. If not bigger. So I guess you could keep the NBA isolated from other places. Yeah. But... Well, they have like, I'm trying to figure out how I could explain this. It would be like ESPN Zone or ESPN World's like downtown Alpena. Like, it's a whole sect of area. So like, they're going to be able to do this just fine. I just, I, uh, I have two problems. And the first main problem with this, I, my car's parked right on the sidewalk. I apologize. Yeah, that's um, great. I don't care. The first problem I have is like the NBA players complaining about food and like willing to break the, the rules over food. I mean, like, one, you are totally, people, you're getting paid millions of dollars just mm-hmm. first. Two, you're being protected from the coronavirus. I mean, we are not to that level. No one's building a whole world for us. Three, they're being taken care of, they've catered and everything. It just shows you how, meanwhile, like people are homeless, they're jobless, they're, it just shows you how disconnected 
the modern athlete really is just from the everyday person. I just that's what I'm worried about the NBA. People already feel like athletes are overpaid and mm. disconnected from the average American, and I don't think that's an unfair statement. No. And I think this the NBA could really screw some things up here. I know why they're doing it, and I can appreciate it, but they just need to be careful because, yeah. I mean, so many people would just kill for the the free meals, more or less, you know, and it's, yeah. So. I hope it works out. I really do. But it's just like... Things are exploding around with cases and all that. I'm sure a lot of it's already been around, but it's just uncertain times, I guess. And basketball is basically a contact sport, so once one of them gets it... I mean, MLB, with baseball, you know, you can remain somewhat distant. You know, mm-hmm. you're basically tagging someone with a ball, maybe. But for the most part, those players are separated. There's, there's social distancing as it is. Yeah. Basketball, there's no social distance. So mm-hmm. if one of them gets it, they're all getting it. Yeah. I mean, you swinging <laughs> a bat with the catcher behind you is the closest someone gets. That's it. And even then, they're like three feet apart. Really. Yeah. I mean, or tagging a base. But yeah. for the most part, everyone's, you know, especially the defense, I mean, they're spread out. <laughs> they're beyond the six <laughs> feet, that's for certain. Did you watch Christopher Wallace and Donald Trump yet? No. I have not seen it yet. I hear it is one of the the best interviews that he's done. You should not watch Donald it. Trump. Yes, Wolf. very tough time for Donnie. You would thoroughly enjoy the interview. <laughs> I'm sure I would. I just what I think it's I was texting my friend, and what it reminds me of is we we all know that Donald's very tough on the media. Mm-hmm. Very fair statement. <clears throat> and it was what I equated it to was. The kid that knew the bully, the kid that took four years of karate and knew that the bully would come from him someday. Wallace was just ready. Anything Donald threw at him, he just like he had this whole, it's almost like he was mic'd. Like somebody had something in his ear, like, that's wrong, and you can say that this. I mean, he was just, anything Donald, he slided right back at him. Now, I'm sure the minute that interview was over, Chris Wallace was fired from Fox News. Well, <laughs> if, if tomorrow morning he ends up dead, I would not be surprised. Like, Well, I think, the, you know, I mean, people already see Fox as being so biased. Yes. So if he would have gone soft on him, I mean, that would have just added more fuel to yeah. that fire. It's tough. MSN's in the same boat. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe they're, I mean, or I, I, I understand their news, but I know it's it, it's going to be biased, I guess is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. No different than Fox, it's going to be biased, too. I just... Well, it's hard when you have a 24-hour news cycle. You have to fill it with content. And at some point, you know, just reporting on what's happening, you know, loses interest. So you have to, you know, especially when something major happens, you have to analyze it from every angle. And, you know, people are naturally biased one way or the other, so... You have to inject an opinion somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only reason why we have this stupid podcast. So, I mean, like... <laughs> It's not stupid. But, but I mean, you do what I mean, like, depending on the, but I mean, like, the bias, I yeah. mean, the opinion part, I mean, like, so, yeah. Do you have anything else? No, unless you want to talk about Washington changing their name. I mean, we can. You're more than welcome to. We can talk about the Redskins scandal as well. All in one big false swoop. I guess we could do that. I guess Cleveland's looking at, the Indians are looking to change their name as well. Let me ask you both this, and you don't have to answer. You're not comfortable, and that's fine. At what point, how far, how far do we go to cancel culture? 
And what I mean, the greatest example I have said is like we both know that Thomas Jefferson, George Washington had slaves. Mm-hmm. So that's a perfectly. I mean, we're that's not. No one's going to fight that argument. I mean, did we take out the Washington Monument? Yet? I mean, I guess there has to be a line in the sand. I think everyone probably can say, "Well, we're not going to take down the Washington Monument." I think everyone's pretty safe saying that. Mm-hmm. So where's so if we know the end point, the problem is that we can't really judge the past through the lens of today because morality was not the same back then. Yeah, you know, I mean, we can't apply our principles and our morals today to the you know three hundred years ago. I mean, it was just so vastly different and. You know, we have to look at it. We can learn from it, from both what were the good aspects that they brought, but also the mistakes that they made, and we should learn not to repeat them and how to improve upon them. But we shouldn't forget about them, and we shouldn't condemn them, everything that they've done, just because there were aspects that are now, you know, that everyone would agree that aren't right. I mean, 70 years ago, the American Housewife was another great example where, I mean... In the kitchen, dress on, dinner ready, blah, blah. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen today. I'm just saying the, 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 the lens of the female role in society has tremendously changed over the past 70 years. Well, you could even go uh, sooner than that, uh, 20 years ago with LGBTQ culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was not socially acceptable 20 years ago. Yeah. I think, it's my belief... Washington Monument is fine. It does not even look like George Washington. <laughs> Some dildos, but pretty much it is. My problem is with the Confederate statues. I might disagree. I'm just listening. I mean, I don't understand the reasoning for those. Why we have them around right now? You're not wrong. I mean, I'm not disagree. It's not even you. part of. I mean, really, it's not even part of U.S. history. In a way. I mean... The Confederacy tried to secede. They did. They started their own thing. That's Confederate history. My opinion. I mean, it's part of the United States history. In a way, yes. Yes. But it's messed up. To play devil's advocate, though, under that logic that you could say that every other culture that was downtrodden by the U.S. should also be forgotten. So you are talking about Native Americans... You know, <laughs> it's it's the same thing, but it's not. With the Confederacy, you have to look at those statues and say, when were they put up? Were these put up in the hometown of these generals right after the Civil War? No. Or were they put up no. in the north in other areas a hundred years later to make a political statement? If that's the case, then those should definitely come <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I have a problem with any statue. Yeah, let me finish, though, before you start winning. <laughs> as long as there's a story that talks about what's going on with this statue in front of it. And, I mean, an honest one. Like, if this guy's an asshole, put the, the, that he was an asshole. And, I mean, I, I don't think it's right that if you're going to try to make some guy that wanted to enslave people a hero. I don't think that's a very good spin, and I don't think that's very fair. But, I mean... Well, look, there's so many people that don't understand history um, in Wisconsin. Uh, a prominent abolitionist, his statue was torn down because the people didn't understand what abolitionists were. Yeah. I remember I was reading that. It was like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, or uh, the one, the Lincoln statue in Texas. Um, it shows Abraham Lincoln signing the Emancipation Proclamation 
and a freed slave breaking his chains on the ground by him. That statue was paid for with funds raised by freed slaves. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah. They ended up moving that one in Wisconsin indoors, if I'm correct, right? Yes. To protect it, yeah. yeah. So... A lot of that comes down to education. Yeah. And, and I guess that's what I meant by the sign, like... Let's educate, like, what's... Ha- but, and, of course, it goes back to what we I guess if they want to have the statue, you can put it in a museum and teach yeah. people about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it goes back to... There's always bias in these stories, though, what you had. Right. Like, I understand, like... Yeah, it's a mess. But, I mean, I think the important thing what we're doing right now is having the conversation still and being able to talk about it and say, hey, this person was obviously not a good person and an idiot... Let's try not to learn and to do that again. Like, yes. So, yeah, that whole thing. You want to? I think we should segue into why we didn't pot last week. Okay, we can do that, and then we can then take a break and then we'll talk to Nick. That's not good. Yeah. So last week we were supposed to be with Greg from Hungry Hippie. Yes. Have Madison on. Yes. I have a friend who was who got uh, two weeks ago. Is it two weeks ago? Three weeks. Well, it's, it'll be two. Yeah, it'll be two. Two weeks ago, I had dinner with a friend, and everything was fine, hunky-dory. And then on Friday, he got sick, went to the hospital, had a really bad fever, didn't feel good. Uh, felt maintaining that fever, did not feel good over the weekend. Emergency room sent him out the door and said, hey, if you don't feel any better, what do they always say? Follow up with your primary. Monday, he goes and follow, follows up with his primary and says... And the primary first thing they did is you've had a fever for five days, we're going to administer your COVID test to you. So at that point, my friend called me. It's like, hey, I just need to let you know I've had a fever for five days. They're administering a COVID test to me. I don't necessarily think I have it, but I need to let you know because then the next call, if I do test positive, isn't going to be from me. It's going to be from the health department, which, again, I appreciate all of that. I appreciated his honesty. So I let my boss know. And then, of course, I had to... Kind of shut myself down for three or four days and then just tried to stay away from everybody. All that was for naught because the test came back negative and I know it was all. But it was very frustrating because it took, we did not find the result of this till Friday afternoon. We went five whole days with me being out there and kind of like staying away from people but still talking to people. And you were frustrated. I was frustrated. I mean, I had had contact with this yeah. person too. And then, so it became very frustrating for us because, like, we know that there's a way to test this thing a lot quicker than it went down. And in the meantime, we're all out, not super out and about, but like, if we all need a quarantine, we, we, we don't want to be the problem. We want to be the solution. And it was just, you know, we're all texting each other. Getting, we're not mad at each other, but we're just frustrated with the situation and closing everything down and. And and then being nothing happened. Yeah, it was all for naught, which is again fine, but it was a very frustrating experience. Yes. So that's why we didn't pod last week. We have to reschedule this pod. Yeah, had we'll have to do that pod soon because I don't know what's going to ever happen with school. But I guess that's a little different (laughs) subject. But it brings up a great point. You know, my employer. I went and talked to my employer right away. I said, "Look, here's what's going on." Do you want me to go home? What do you want me to do? And they're like, well, do you know? How do you feel? Because I, I take my temperature every day. Just to be clear, that I've been taking my temperature since May 4th, since I walked through that door every day. And I'm like, no, I feel great. I feel fine. I don't, you know. And I, I do a pretty decent job wearing a mask. I shall also be said. But 
their whole point was is, is we're this is going to be the, the new new normal of people interacting with people that could possibly have it and not definitely have it but just might have it and like what do we do do we start do we send everybody home that might possibly because if not there's going to be nobody to work there's i mean you just can't on the possibility shut everything down every time so it was a interesting yes and told me yes. to stay away from everybody which i did Everybody kept like, man, you're really quiet. I'm like, well, my tail's between my legs for five days. I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm more stressed out than anything else. I don't want to be the reason I get people sick. I care about people, and um, but yeah. Well, it's harder for you because you can't really work from home. Yeah, I had uh, we had the same thing happen last week with one of our staff members. The friend they hung out with did test positive. Oh, so instantly we're like, okay. You are going home, you. But she could work from home, so it wasn't. Yeah. You know, it didn't impact her as much. Um, we had quarantined the other two people that she has most contact with at work. Same thing. I mean, luckily everyone came back with a negative test, but you know, we we just have to step in and you know take those precautions right now. And yeah. It's stressful and it's time consuming and. But that's that is the new normal we're in right now. You're right. It's just the world we're living in. Now, I don't even know. You know, we keep seeing. I'm sure you guys are all active on assimilating information, so you know that there's always rumors of vaccines going on and possible cures. But it just, I think, for the foreseeable future, this is just how it's going to be. Oh yeah. So, well, all right. We'll take a break. All right. Good news is everybody's fine. Yes. Nothing to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how it does feel ominous, doesn't it? It does feel like it's just a matter of time. It doesn't feel like, for me, it just feels like eventually, I win. I don't know how you are, Nick, but I, I talk to so many people on a day-in, day-out basis. It's just, I feel it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when for me, honestly. But I guess it is what it is there. So, All right. we'll take a break and then we'll talk to Nick. All right. So, uh, tell me about yourself, Nick. All right, well, uh, Alpena native, born and raised. Uh, grew up on a farm uh, just outside of Alpena. Um, you know, Alpena Wildcat, football, wrestling, all through high school. Went away on a wrestling scholarship to the University of Wisconsin in Oshkosh my freshman year of college. Um, found out I did not like competing at the college level. Uh, completely different than high school, so came back home. All my friends were living in Lansing at the time at Michigan State, so I decided to go down there. Got a job at Wesley Credit Union, um, which turned into a job at Consumers Professional Credit Union. Um, that actually brought me back to Alpena at uh, Alpena Alcona. I was actually working in plastics down in Lansing, uh, specializing in Visa cards, and Alpena Alcona had uh, reached out to me saying that they had a position for a plastic card coordinator and wanted me to interview and I went through three interviews with them and they hired me, moved back, spent six years working in the plastics loan department for Alpine Alcona when uh, I was on the board at Habitat for Humanity and met uh, Peggy Stanton, the former CEO of Thunder Bay Area Credit Union. She had just lost her VP and uh, asked me if I would be interested in interviewing for the job. I interviewed and got the job, and the first day on the job, she's, 
came to tell me that she was retiring in one year and that uh, I would also be taking over as the new CEO at Thunder Bay Credit Union. So, six years at Thunder Bay as a CEO there, uh, doing very well. I mean, we, we, we were the uh, smallest credit union in town for a while and uh, we overtook our closest rival and uh, we did very well. Um, my mother actually is a C was the former CEO of Besser Credit Union. When they were looking at retiring, our boards had a good relationship. I mean, both kind of staffs knew each other very well. We had done a number of joint uh, training exercises together. So uh, we approached them about a possible merger, and everyone agreed to it. So uh, back in uh, 2017, Besser and Thunder Bay merged together. And with the merger, we decided to come up with a new name and uh, chose Wolverine State as the new name of the credit union. We figured... We're up north. Wolverine is kind of uh, you know outdoorsy animal. We wanted to kind of bridge the gap between you know the Wolverines of University of Michigan, and we added state in the name for Michigan State. And in doing so, with the marketing, he said just you know just one rule or two rules: no blue, no maize in any of our advertising. So that's why we settled on the lime green and black. And uh, it's been a whirlwind ever since. Uh, three year, we're about to celebrate our three-year anniversary uh, the end of this month. So. It's truly a cool story. Like I've known your story, so but it's neat. First of all, I find it super interesting how close the credit union community is. Oh, and I know that because as you guys have listened, I don't know if it's her credit union, but you, I often hear about people. She tells me all the time, like people that awaken or. Oh, we'll drive by credit union. She goes, oh, I know somebody from that one. It truly is amazing how you could, not middle you had Alpena Roots, but you were at a credit union 200 miles away, and people were still like, hey, there's Nick down there, and he knows what um, he's doing. So I, I find that fascinating. Well, it, it is a really well-connected community. I mean, we are all competitors, but we're all part of the same movement. And credit unions, for those that don't know, aren't just banks. We are not. I mean, you get this all the time, well, you know. With, I, that's where I was headed with this. Why don't you explain the difference between a credit union and a bank? Credit unions are not-for-profit financial cooperatives. So unlike a bank, where it's owned by uh, either an individual or shareholders, we are completely owned by our members. The people that have the savings accounts, those are the owners. And we take the money from the deposits, and that's what we loan out. The interest we make from, the, from those loans and the fee income we make, that's the only income we generate. We, we don't generate, you know, through the sale of stocks, shares. It's only the operations of the credit union that generates income. So we're kind of limited in what we can do compared to a bank. But, you know, our, our responsibility is to the people that have the account there. That's why our fees are, you know, traditionally much, much lower. Our interest rate is much, much lower. Um, I mean, our services are becoming more complex. We're, we're a better able to compete with larger banks. And I think that's because you'll see credit unions that oftentimes individual credit unions pool their resources mm -hmm. um, through co-ops and other joint ventures. And I mean, we, you know, I mean, our digital projects are our products that we offer are right up there with, you know, any bank in the country. It's, I, the one thing I've noticed um, that credit unions seem to do is you guys... Um, so, for example, Cliff and Shoot Chevrolet is part of the Quality North dealers. So that starts in Grayling, I would think, and from Grayling up all the way to the Sioux. So, like from the Sioux St. Marie down to Grayling, all those Chevy dealers are part of one 
um, marketing association. Yep. So um, <coughs> it seems like that there is some type of togetherness within the credit unions in the region. Okay. We have a similar group. It's called the Blue Ox. It's uh, basically the northeast side of Michigan. There's about, right now, there's currently eight members in the Blue Ox, uh, all credit unions centered up here. Um, we, we come together for collaborative marketing efforts, education for both our staff and members. Uh, we get together, we do fundraising events, you know, things that, you know, together we can, we can have an impact or we can have a much bigger impact than we could individually. Yeah. And I know that works well sometimes when you're trying to um, advocate for things. Uh, sometimes it's easier to do it say, hey, th this is important enough to us that we're, we all are on the same page here. So um, something I do. <laughs> Truly love my, it's like one of my favorite things about credit unions. So, um, also something that I can speak of firsthand, um, I love how credit unions tend to not just look at numbers. You actually look at members and are willing to work with them and understand their situation. Whereas a lot of banks, it's credit score and debt to income ratio, and that's what it is. It's all done. You know, there's the old going back as being an old loan officer at Alpine Alcona. You know, it's the three C's. You know, you've got, you know, credit, um, character, and carrot. I can't remember what the other C is. <laughs> It'll come to you. <laughs> It'll come to me. But, you know, we look at, you know, what is the status of the account? What is the need? I mean, is can we, can we have any leeway? And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, because our focus is on the membership. So, yeah, do we take certain risks that banks probably don't? Yes, but those are all educated risks. I mean, we're, we're hedging our bets, but we, we understand that the, those people, I mean, maybe it's a car for someone who's getting a job and they need that car for, you know, to and from, and we understand that that's an important part of their life. Yeah. I, um, it's worth noting, though, when I have someone that's like, man, I just have had some tough, history, you know, past, um, the first place we say is you guys. And no, just because you. you guys, um, you guys work the best with people, and then unfortunately, that the downside of that is a lot of times if Brad's having a problem, he's like, "Hey," uh, and I, I look for the client, you know, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, well, what's my next step?" I'm like, "What? That's kind of it." Like, usually, <laughs> typically, if you guys can't get in finance, uh, most of the time it's like the end of the show. So, uh, but that's a tip of the hat to you because you guys do tremendous work for your members. So. I mean, we know a lot of times we're a lender of last resort for some dealers, but at the same time, we have those dedicated members too that, you know, that come to us no matter what. I don't. Maybe I could understand that way. It would have been maybe a while ago, but the average person I talk to, man, seems like credit union wise, they either talk to you guys or, the, or your, your competitor, one of the two, and um, they're probably doing that. They're like I've been talking to so and so over there and. Um, yeah, it's, there is still brand loyalty. Yes. In, in, in it's amazing nowadays, but there is still a brand loyalty in financial products. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, how has it's, it's kind of a I know it has. I mean, some of these are basic, but how has COVID really impacted you guys over there? Oh wow, um, it's been a huge impact this year. So we. We, when this thing started breaking, we, we started implementing steps right away. Um, one of the big things that we did, uh, though, was we reached out to the other area credit unions and tried to get on a united front where, you know, we were all in this together and we didn't want to be like leaving anyone else out. So that, that really helped out. But 
Um, I mean, right off the bat, we, we cut our fee structure. We NSFs went from $25 to $15. We're still at $15. We, you know, we don't want to, if people are having problems, you know, balancing their checkbook, we don't want to make it any tougher for them. Um, in the first, you know, during the lockdown, we, we closed off the lobbies immediately. I mean, for the, let's face it, the average age of a member that comes through the lobby to cash a check is right in that age that is highly susceptible to COVID. I mean, these are 60, 70, 80, 90 year olds that are still coming in the lobby because that, you know, they don't believe in direct deposit. They've never had to deal with it. And they like the cat. They want the cash in their hand. And for a lot of people, it's a social event. 100%. You know, and that's been the hardest thing, I think, for through COVID is people forget. It's not just about, you know, going to the grocery store or going to the bank. It's about those interactions that those people that, you know, might not have family here anymore. It's interacting with those people on a daily basis that means a lot to them. I mean, people are social animals. And you don't realize, I mean, I think we've realized it now, but you don't really realize that when Mrs. Smith comes in and talks to you on that Tuesday morning to, before she gets her hair done, <laughs> that's a really big deal to her. Like, mm-hmm. her coming in and talking the five minutes with the teller is her, you know, her... Oh, absolutely. That might, be, that might be the only social interaction she really has that week yeah. or that day. It's uh, it's it's been mind-boggling to me as well. The week before we closed, when you know they said old people should start really being aware of this, it seemed like everybody in our showroom was seventy years old and just like, "What are you doing here right now?" And they would come up and then we would be like, "For me, you away? How are you doing?" And they'd keep coming closer and you know we're, we're tangling. I'm taking a step back. They take a step, and then before you know, I'm like walking around the car and talking across the just like. These really awkward interactions, but um, you just want to do it right. So yeah, um, but uh, before we reopened, I mean, we went through. We basically took everything, uh, sterilized our lobbies, took everything out. You know, we have the uh, the plexiglass shields in place. We have the dividers up, um, signs everywhere, hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, we're doing everything we can, you know, based on the health department guidelines to keep people as safe as possible. One other thing I love that I've seen you guys do, two things. The first of all is I loved your social media game, especially on Instagram through COVID. <laughs> you guys did a phenomenal job because while the lobby was open, your drive-thru was open. So you, and you guys did a very good job of, I think, showing that you were still open throughout the whole thing. And the second thing I, what I thought I wanted to tip my hat to you as well is you've done as the leader of that place really made it clear at least in what i've seen and, and maybe i have an interaction with you guys a little more than, than the average person that does but you've done a pretty good job it seems like protecting your employees oh, thank throughout you. this whole thing and letting them know that like hey we, we want our customers to still come in but our employee safety is just as important as our customer safety mm-hmm. so you know when it started we, we we really looked at key personnel and we're like okay we have to you know get the population density in our offices down so we sent Pretty much uh, anyone that we could, we had them working from home, keeping only a you know a skeleton crew on staff. And I felt that it was important for me to be one of those people that came into the office. Uh, if I'm asking people to come in every day and put themselves at risk, then I should be there as well. Um, I'd rather send my subordinates home and they can work from home. I mean, I already don't have a work-life balance, so <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I do like to be able to leave and you know. I can relate to it. But um, I think it's important, you know, to show people that you're leading from the front and you're there in the trenches with them. And the other thing is, you know, I mean, we had, 
Um, we did. You know, we we had going down on tellers that that couldn't work from home, so we started stagging them, sending them home, and still paying them a full salary just to basically sit at home. And then those that were coming in during the the peak of this, we were giving a hazard pay to. So we tried to do everything to show that the staff that we support them, and take every precaution that we can because, I mean, it is so hard to keep and find good people and I think when you have a staff that feels appreciated if your competitor offers them more money to them that that's not the only thing that motivates them and they want to see they want to work in a place where they feel valued and they feel that their input put has uh, merit yeah definitely listen to is a yeah yeah 100% right um one thing worth noting I wouldn't want to end this segment without talking about uh Alpena Chamber Business of the Year Oh, well, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. So um, I know um, Nick and I attend a lot of the same community events throughout the year, and uh, the chamber stuff is one of them that I know you and I run into each other all the time, and I uh, tip the hat to you for that. Oh, thank you. Um, Appreciate it. Well deserved. This has been, you know, we've really, you know, for our size, I mean, I think we're really punching above our weight for what our community involvement. Um, 100%. Not 100%. 1,000%. 1,000%. And I will say this. In credit unions in general, you will see that. Yes. Because that is a part of our core mission. We are not, you know, some banks actually, there's an actual law that they are forced to give a certain amount back to the community. We do that out of, you know, that is our mission. You know, we understand that our success is directly related to the success of our community. I mean, there's a, it's, you guys are everywhere. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, it's a tip the hat, absolutely a press kind of It's because their colors stand out. <laughs> well, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take a break. End the segment here. You got any plans for the future of the current union? Anything you guys want to try to do? Goals? Oh, well, uh, we had a lot of goals going into yeah. this year. Actually, most of our goals this year around, um, revolved around community events. Okay. That has been severely, yeah. you know, stifled. Um we so many great events at this summer that we're usually involved in that just aren't happening. So we're finding ways to you know contribute and help out people that you know we can. Um, you know when things get back to normal, uh, probably looking at expanding here throughout Northeast Michigan. You know one of the things I love about you guys is you're the only credit union in downtown Alpena. You know, and I'm not telling you what to do. No, I'm just saying, no. Like, um, and I'm sure that that's on the minds of probably all every other credit union in our community. But um, I love the fact that you're down there because really, when you think about it, there's so many other banks itself in downtown Alpena. But mm-hmm. don't know that you guys are there. I mean, at least I like that. So. I mean, if anyone knows uh, if M Bank's looking to downsize that uh, <laughs> office on the corner down there on Second <laughs> Avenue, I, I'd love to talk to them about that. <laughs> yeah, I bet. All right, well, we'll take a break and we'll come back. I think we're going to do our top five. And then we'll talk about what it is. So. All right. All right. It's been hard getting a chance to work out when everything closes so early, and I don't get done working until late at night. Where can I even go to stay in shape? Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center is the place you seek. Whoa, where's that at? It's located at US 23 South in Alpena, across from Kiff Miller's Produce in the Lutz Plaza. Wow, thanks, God. Anytime, bro. Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center. For more information, find us on Facebook or call 884-4397. Zen. 
Find peace in your busy life and get a workout when you want it. All right, our top five this week is our top five dive bars in Alpena. We'll let Nick start it off. So just so we're clear, once it's selected, it's off the board. Okay. And then we'll snag. So we'll go one, two, three, Do we have four. enough bars to do this? Oh, yeah. There's enough here. Actually, I, I, I counted six, and there's one probably a seventh one that doesn't really qualify as a dive. It could qualify as a dive. I can't wait to say We need 15. Well, let's get creative. <laughs> It'll work. Well, it'll just make it work. Right. So do I wait to hold out on my number one pick? No, you can no. go first. It's just a duress. You make sure you get your number one pick. Okay, my number one pick for top dive bar in Alpina. Yeah. Berlix. <laughs> nice. Hands down. It is the diviest of dive bars in Alpina. Yeah. It's great. I mean, beer is cheap. Um, it's got that quintessential, you know, small town dive bar feel. It's dark. It's old. It smells Smell. I mean, a dive bar has to smell. It, yeah. it can't be smelling like lavender when you walk in. Um, I mean, the place is 100 years old. You go out in the back. The real magic of this place, though, is out back. They have a lighted horseshoe pit <laughs> that, you know, when you're drunk, the last thing you should probably be doing is throwing metal horseshoes at your friends. But, you know, it adds to the excitement of the place. Um, back when it was Jonesy's, <laughs> it just seemed like there was always a fight there. Like, yes. it was like a fight there. Like When I was younger and I really enjoyed physical altercations, <laughs> um, yes, I would go to Jonesy's and, um, oh, I remember New Year's Eve every year, Jonesy's used to fill balloons with money and then suspend them from a cargo net on the ceiling and at midnight they'd drop this and everyone would scramble to pop these balloons and yes, it was guaranteed that there were like five fights breaking out at once. And I don't understand. You think after the first year they would have realized this is a bad idea. But hey, it just added to the magic of the place. How about we do this? It can be in our lifetimes. That opens up a whole bunch of bars. Yes, it does. So you might as you go because I know what you're going to do now. So go ahead and yeah. say it. Well, number one will be Tuskies. Yeah, no. Well, miss Tuskies. <laughs> I mean, I it's in a really strange way. I miss Tuskies too. Again, it meets your qualifications. Kind of smell, mm-hmm. cheap booze. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, regulars, the regulars, Re- uh, regulars. Yeah. yeah. It was in a true dive bar. You're right. Is you, you bring up the point when you walk in there? If you weren't a regular, people would stare at you like, "Who is that person? What are you doing here?" Yeah. Yeah. When you're in my bar. Yeah, what are you doing in my bar? Yeah. When you're with Tom, you know, <laughs> they have that picture ready for him. And... Yeah. It's amazing. Yes. So my number one choice is not even in the Alpine area, but it's going to be a great dive bar. And as soon as they say, you're both going to go, yes. And it's Greco's in Rogers City. Absolutely. <laughs> can, you go, can you go to Nautical Festival and not end up there? I, I love the urban legends with Greco's. Like, Dirt floor, like I think they have the dirt floor in there. That was a real. I mean, people believe that. I mean, I'm not saying they do, but that was like, man, I don't. You can get 40s there. Yes. So like, I mean, these are the things, like I said, that just make it its own little place. I don't think I've ever been there. Well, we're gonna go now. Oh, it's it's worth it's worth the trip to Roger City. It's a Roger City. Well, I gotta experience this. Huh? It's Roger City's. I mean, whatever. These last two, these, these two pictures you gave, it fits right. I mean, it's we're right there and into it. Um, hmm. 
So I'm gonna have a really weird number two pick, but I'm just gonna go with it. My number two dive bar Alpina sneakers. And I know you're probably Does that qualify? But I know what you're saying. I, I but so here's what it doesn't. The <laughs> drinks are super expensive. <laughs> True. So we know that. But like I when I think of dive bars, I think of fights, dirtiness, and like just Got that in spades. Promiscuity. <laughs> You've got that in spades. <laughs> and I feel like all those things happen there. So, like, and the, and I think the final feather in the cap, which allows me to take it and put it into this category, is when you're leaving the bar, you don't, I mean, you don't want to be driving because you know there's going to be a cop waiting for you. Absolutely. 100%. And that is nothing more than the sneakers in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, you know you had to have the ED living there. Especially if you're stage for last call, because if not, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, actually, everyone went there only for last call. <laughs> yeah, that was maybe your first and last drink that's there. That's right. Yep. You're not wrong. So, all right. Well, I guess my number two pick will be the dry dock. Oh, classic. I think I was in in there one time. Well, two times. Once for, was for the pub crawl. First time I was there. Some guy wanted to beat me up because the girl I was there with was talking shit to me. <laughs> and so he was going to beat me up to get back to her. And I was like, all right, I don't like this place. I'm out. The worst bathrooms in Alpena for a bar. I mean, it's no longer that way. They no, can't. it's going to, you know what, it, it's looking beautiful right now. Unbelievable. I can't wait to see what Kevin, Kevin does with that place. I think... The dry dock and the memory that those of us have been in have for it's going to make the transformation of that place all that more special. Mm-hmm. So. Biggest bar in Alpena. I mean, that huge horseshoe bar going around there. Always a fight breaking out. <laughs> well, my, well, we'll keep going. So just, uh, yeah. My number two pick, Joe Bar. Yes. Joe's. You know? That. Back in the day when you would get those... Three shift guys coming out of Lafarge, whipping around that, just coming right out of that quarry and whipping right in there. Opening at 7 a.m. to get that, you know, the guys coming off the shift and, yeah, cheap drinks. and That goes along with my number three of Dive Bars, which is that point right there, but I'll we'll keep going. Yes, 100%. I picked up Joe's, I picked Allison out of the mud puddle at Joe's one time. <laughs> She was walking. I, mean, she came, I had to come get her. And Why she, was she there in the first place? Well, a whole bunch of girls took her there. <laughs> she was out there with friends. And, you know, of course, Allison was like, I don't even know where Joe's is. And then you're, when you say stuff like that, it's just like you said with Greca's, oh, I've never been there. The first thing, oh, well, we got to go there. You have to. You, and Allison, like, I've never been to Joe's. Oh, well, we got to go. So I just remember she had a little bit too much. She came out because I was like, <laughs> hey, I'm here. Come out. And then. It's not a good parking lot. No, it isn't. No, hundred no. percent. No. Dirt parking lot. There's always potholes and. Yeah. She thought it was a shallow pothole. It was not a shallow pothole. It was a very deep pothole. She's not very tall to begin with. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. So. It's got one more. Oh yeah, that's my right. number three. Um, Chiefs. Damn you. Yes. So. I guess no. Mine still counts. Mine's still in play. I like it. So you, yeah. I mean, right, I mean, right on the north side. Yes. So, you've got that. You know, back when you used to have the quad of north side bars there. You know, used to do a north side bar crawl on a Sunday afternoon. You know, break out the bikes and go, Tuskies, Barelicks, Joes, 
Chiefs. Chiefs is kind of making your way back to the south side of Alpena. Yeah. But I'm really know. impressed with you. Your north side love you're having right now. <laughs> oh, it's I love very, it. It's, Dude. It's very strong right now. You know, Sunday, Sunday bar crawls on bikes. Get, you know, five, six people together. Just go bar to bar and, you know, yeah. I remember Leaf Fitzpatrick was trying to kind of get a group of people <laughs> to go to the latitudes on Sunday to watch soccer. Like, trying to create this whole, like, you know, because, I mean, you guys get it. So, but, I mean, it never really happened. I, I feel like Lee doesn't need an excuse to go to latitudes. <laughs> Fair enough. My number three is going to be sports page. Yeah. I have a lot of bad memories of sports page, but they're all sports related, so. Yeah, that's good. I just remember Allison's 21st birthday. Yep, that's one of them right there. 100%. Other than that, I don't been in, in and out of there. Sports page is a solid dive bar. I mean, it's that, you know, right on the main drag there. It's, you know, like any other town, I imagine the people that just drive through Alpena, they're just like, you know, the bar right there on the main drag mm-hmm. and stop in for a cheap beer. I do miss the triangle days when you... Uh, Getting to that one. So my number three is the Bluebird, which tags off Nick's Chiefs, because that's what Chiefs was before. But again, there was something about the guys that's getting out of work from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. and running to be able to go right to the bar. And just, I remember working in the morning and not understanding why there was 12 cars (laughs) outside of a bar at 7.30 in the morning, but... They were just kind of, it would be no different than us. That's their evening. Yeah, so I mean, I think I'm not, I mean, I understand it now, but growing up, I just couldn't, I just couldn't figure it out. So, Sunday, my number four, huh? Dive, 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 dive. You know, it's really not a dive. They kind of fixed it. I really, I mean, so that's, I tip my hat. You know, Smokies, I held the oh. lake for a while, was not a very good place, but then they cleaned it up, put a ton of varnish on it, and then it cut fair, and then it just went up and made because of all the varnish <laughs> But, I mean, um, <coughs> Smokies, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. But, I mean, there's I, there's a couple of bars out in Hartwood Lake that are kind of near and dear to my heart where you can just kind of drop them in. Is it the corner? Corner bar, stone bar. Is that the one with the pole in the corner by the booth, or I'm trying to think? Maybe I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, okay. So yeah, that's mine. Uh, pick, insert covered like bar. All right. So then, yeah, I want four. So yeah. I want four. Yeah. Okay. All right. My number four. I'm gonna go back to sports page real quick because I have another story. Okay. I was there with Tom Goujon, okay. who I spent some time with Saturday evening, nice. which I enjoyed immensely. Can't remember how much I missed his laugh, but anyway, it was me, him, and one of his ex-girlfriends. We're at the sports page, and he goes to the bathroom, and I guess another guy was in there with him. And somebody, I think Tom said, man, it smells good in here. The guy that was in there with him was like, man, it smells good in here. And Tom's like, yeah, some fresh wood. I don't know why you would say that to a guy in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure in a dive bar, you're going to get punched for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think the guy just laughed. Like, yeah. All right, my number four. I'm going to go with players. It's not really a dive now. 
definitely not. Not now. now. Not since the Youngs took it over. Yeah. Um, the the food there is amazing now. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's amazing how that. It, well, you know, what? even before when it was a dive bar, that was the largest kitchen of any bar in this town. Right. Yeah. And what's what was weird is they had a cheeseburger soup there. Oh, the soups. That was their saving grace on the food. They had a, a fresh soup every day. But now, I mean, they're met with the bento boxes and the fresh seafood. I mean, it's... As long as I keep the trough toilet in the bathroom, <laughs> would be all right. Well, I mean, we could go with it. It does still... I mean, it, does, it used to smell. Yeah. Trough. Beer, beer was cheap. I mean, so like... Beer, beer was even cheaper than cheap. For a long time, beer was almost free. Especially when was... <laughs> When you've got that old grizzled bartender that just doesn't like his job anymore and just giving you free drinks. Just whatever you're going to take it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Alright. we got two more. i got two more. Um, I know I'm going to save for last. Uh, Nailers or 10th Avenue? Yeah, the pump. The pump. You know. So that harkens back to the Triangle days again, so... Yeah, that whole that whole area was just you know you'd have a couple drinks at Players, a couple drinks at Sports Page, a couple drinks at Pump, especially on Thursday nights when they had open mic night there. That that place was a was an institution. Well, what's crazy was is you'd know that you'd say, "Hey, I'm in the Triangle," and then you'd try to catch up with somebody, and then you'd miss them because you guys would all be pinging back and forth between the three places. And mm-hmm. like, is Nick here? Like, no, you just left. And then they're like, "Oh," so then you, yeah, that was just part of it. Yeah. And then John Boys is right there. Yeah. When and you're then, done at the Triangle, you just go to Superboys. Yeah. And then Nailers, you know, when they had it running there, it was kind of infamous for the fact that if you got banned from every bar in Alpena, you could still get served at <laughs> Nailers. So, you could just imagine there, for the, the crowd was a little rough there at the end. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, you're number five. Number five. Last one. Well, it's got to go to Latitudes. I, I'm sorry. I know that's probably both of your picks. Well, no. I mean, yeah, it, it, it checks all the boxes. And you know, it, it, especially for me. So latitudes. When uh, when I was working at Alpino Alcona, actually, I needed a, a job, another a second job, to kind of make some ends meet, and I ended up getting a bartending job at Latitudes. Um, Friday nights, Saturday nights, and Sunday afternoons. And I mean, I went right from the credit right to the bar, half hour break in between, worked till 3 a.m. And I mean, when I first started there, Latitudes wasn't a bar that catered. It was basically just a, a place for the owner's friends to drink cheaply. Yeah. Like they had the cigars behind in that glass case behind there. I mean, it was an old man's bar. Yeah. For sure. Well, especially, it, 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 that goes back to the taproom days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, and then uh, they didn't have a pool table, nothing. I mean, I'm so happy with number five. I'm gonna make you guys smile. <laughs> At least I know Nick. Brady might be just a little bit young by now. I'm gonna get going on to Nick here. Oh, my number five is gonna be Bogarts. Diamond's Point used to be a hot place on a Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, you get softball players and volleyball players. All the sport, beer sport athletes would all, or people would all converge there. When I first moved back to town, Thursday nights, that, that place was the hot spot to be in Alpena. Was, I think they had karaoke, too, that they night. They had karaoke that night. 
I just remember that it was also the smokiest bar in town. Their smoke eaters or whatever didn't didn't work. And at the time when you were smoking in bars, I mean, it was just it was like walking into a fo- a room that had a fog machine. Man, my life changed when they banned smoking. I because I, I was still bartending at the bowling alley. That for significantly changed my life. Not sure. Yeah. So you said Bogarts? Yeah. Number five is the Grove. So I don't know if you guys remember the Grove. No. I remember it. I was never old enough to drink in it. Right. Okay. So like that's the old Fletcher Motel. <laughs> so yeah. But I mean, that place was pretty bad. Heard a lot of crazy stories coming out of that place. It was just like everything that we've talked about. It checks all the boxes. Toward the end, I'm sure at one point in its heyday, <laughs> it was perfect. Like, you know, but it's part of the classiest place to go to. Yeah. So. Any honorable mentions? Anything that we didn't say that you guys are surprised? I think we covered a lot of the bars, but as far as the bowling alley, is that really a dive bar though? I mean, no, it's, I mean, it's not. you know what? It's a shame. The bowling alley is probably the one of the nicest bars, the nicest yet most underutilized bars in this town. Yeah, the the problem with that is is that the owners don't want riffraff there. Mm-hmm. And for any bar to be kind of successful, you're going to have to have some people that like to drink. It's just kind of how it works. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean how many times have you been sitting in latitudes, belly up to the bar, and all of a sudden, Jeff's throwing somebody out in the street, and some guy's acting like an idiot. That just, yeah. I mean, I've seen people get thrown out of the courtyard. I mean, so it's like, it just unfortunately happens. But, yeah, I mean, for a while there, it was okay, but yeah, 100%. Any other bars? Maybe? Maplewood. Maplewood. Oh, classic. And Maplewood. I don't know how we didn't. No one said uh, that. It was on their list. I hope they don't open this year. I hope she makes it another year. Just because she is not going to survive COVID. No. That's what I was thinking. I was like, can we all like sign a petition saying, and just like, everybody out of people just drive out there and sign their name saying, do not open. We want you to live. Yeah, we'll see you next year. We will see you next summer when this kind of passes or yeah. we, we figure out something with it. But she's close to 100, isn't she? She is. In, yeah, she's in her late 90s as far as I knew. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. Right. I feel bad that I left the Maplewood out. I'm sure people listening are like, are you kidding me? Great job. I've only been there once, but there's two old ladies who were just a riot while I was there. I go there once a year. I would at least go there once a year and have a lukewarm beer and (laughs) wish I was sitting here. Look around the museum like atmosphere. I mean, kind of see how many different types of the whole progression of typewriters. And longingly to look at that window air conditioner, wishing I was sitting closer to it than I was. So it's so warm in there. And I'm like, oh man, I wish I was sitting right there. All right. Well, that's that. We'll take a break and then we'll wrap this thing up. All right. Thanks for Nick for coming by. He had an exit quickly. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. No. Thanks for Nick coming. Yes. Hopefully we'll have the Mindset Mavens next week. I have to reach out to them, but hey, everything's good. And then um, have a week after that, I think we're having Jesse and Marianne. So they're, they decided they wanted to tag team together to talk about how two opposing views can still be close friends, which I thought was a really brilliant thing. I mean, you know, I can't do that sometimes. But anyways. <laughs> Um, and then last but not least, I know we have to have Greg on here, so don't be surprised if we put out like a mid-week episode. 
<laughs> so that way we can get that done. So I want to make sure we have to stay on course so we can hit 100 episodes this year. I can get Madison whenever I'm proud. All right, buddy. Good to see you. Good to see you too.